five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Pillars of Community, um, episode 16, Sweet 16. How about that for a kind of a coincidence, being it's Sweet 16 season? I have a sweet man, a good friend of mine sitting across from me, Tracy Callahan. Welcome. Nice to be here. Good to have you. So, it's spring. Yes, your love. <laughs> Q, is that a... Who was that, Frank? No. Yeah, that was Frank Frankie Sinatra. Frankie Baby? Yeah. <laughs> Frankie Baby. Yeah. That's the, that's the kind of mood I'm in with this weather. Anyway, everything's, if you need to take it, you can. No, okay. that's okay. Um, everything's blooming. I think that's a rhododendron. Is that a rhododendron? I, it is. Yeah. That I picked for you because I know one time Tracy Callahan, many of you guys know, um, is in the flower business. And Bethesda Florist in Bethesda, right downtown, if you're looking for flowers, the best in town. That rhymes. Um, so fifty years you've been in the or it's been in the biz, right? You've been uh, open for fifty, right? Sixty plus. Sixty plus. You better update your website. Yeah, I think it says fifty on the web. But um, it's a great shop. My dad, my dad used to get flowers there from my mom all the time. All my friends and everything, and my friends' parents and everything. It's a generational shop. Did who started the shop? So my dad started the shop. Cool. And it was kind of a unique story about that. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad uh, was in the carpet business mm-hmm. and was fairly successful. And the Korean War came and he went off to war. He came back. He was a newlywed, obviously. Back then, everyone got married right before yeah. the war. Yeah. So he comes back and he said, I got to really make some money because I've been away in the war. And he became the number one carpet salesman for carpet land. And the regional supervisor drove him over to uh, Seven Corners in Virginia. Mm-hmm. He said, we've just rented this brand new building. You are now going to be the general manager. Not only will you make a percentage of everything they sell here, but you will have an extra 5% on every carpet you sell. He said, we can't believe it, but you're that great. We're giving you this promotion. He looked the guy right in the eye and told the regional manager, I quit. Huh. And the guy said, What? He goes, if you believe in me that much, I should have believed in myself. I need to go in business for myself. Ah, holy smokes. He drove home, didn't know what he was going to do, but told his wife, if they think I can do it, I can do it. He opened a flower shop in D.C., moved it into uh, Bethesda, Maryland in 1959. And uh, my dad died in 92, but when he retired in 90, my dad had taken the shop from just a, a little bucket shop to one of the top 50 in the country. That's a cool, that's a really cool story. Um, the thing that, I mean, it, it probably speaks to your dad's, like, I don't know, his his wisdom. Yeah. It was like, hey, you know what? If you think I'm that great, <laughs> I need to do this thing on my own. It was, or was flowers a passion of his? You know, in high school, he had delivered flowers for a couple of local florists. Yeah. And he always thought, that those guys were just on the cusp of turning it into a great shop, but never getting there. Huh. So he thought, you know, this is something I can do. And you, and you guys have done a great job. And when did you, when did you start working at the shop? Well, in uh, 1972, I was a junior at BCC. And uh, so I was playing baseball, and I needed some more equipment. And my dad said, well, nothing's for free. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll buy everything you need, cleats, glove, everything. 
but you're going to come to work here a couple of days a week. And that was the first time I'd been in a flower shop. Mm -hmm. And I, basically, from 1972 on, I've been there. That's a career. That's a career. Um, what about? What do you think it was about flowers that, I mean, was it for your father? Let me make it talk about you in a minute. Uh, but about your, for your father, is it the flowers that excited him? Or did he see like kind of like, I have a business sort of bent, and I see that these guys are doing flowers, and this could be a really good potential business. Little combination of Little both. combination, yeah. So my dad really didn't think that they had had the business acumen that they needed in the flower business, right. and that kind of drove him to think I could maybe outsmart the competition. Yeah. But in addition to that, he did have a passion for flowers because he saw when he worked in high school delivering flowers for a florist the impact it had when people received them. Yeah, there's something about flowers, you know. I, I, I my dad loved flowers. He had he, a, did. he had a rose garden it's still there at my mom my mom's house now, around right on the corner. Um, a true rose garden, not like the knockout rose. Nothing wrong with those, but it's more maintenance for the real deal ones, right? Um, and I remember him he used to prune it all the time, use the pesticides and stuff like that um, for hours. Um, and I've inherited a little bit of that. I don't have, I don't have that kind of maintenance, but I certainly, I love whenever I'm at the grocery store, I'm leaving with a bouquet usually as you should. Yeah. The more you enhance your life with flowers, it kind of warms the soul. It brings outdoors in. It, it's just a very relaxing, calming, uh, very natural, almost a drug for you. It's a good way to, it's a good way to put it. I mean, I love plant. I love house plants. You know, I was out at that show in my backyard. I'm putting seed down this time of year. Spring's my favorite season um, for that reason because you see life return to the planet after like the dearth and death of winter and you see little little sprouts and everything and you get your first flowers. Um, oh, to live in the Washington area and go down to the monuments and watch the massive tulip gardens erupt in color is spectacular. I got to get down there. I mean, the, the cherry blossoms are right on the... Cherry blossoms are beautiful, week. and not only are they downtown, but you can drive through Kenwood. Kenwood. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. they're a knockout. <laughs> they are that. Um, and, I, I mean, I'm surprised. I don't know if it snuck up on me. But, like, the, the bush up front, the rhododendrons, are those early early bloomers? Well, you know, the, the thing we – the advantage we have in this area is the – culmination of plants blooming at different times as we head through the spring i understand rhododendrons azaleas tulips hyacinths daffodils forsythia as they all start to bloom then the cherry blossoms the quince it's you just can't we're in a perfect area for this you have a favorite flower it changes almost daily holy smokes That's it, it really yeah, does yeah, yeah. i i've never had a favorite flower for more than a week or two because huh. there's so many varieties and with worldwide shipping we're able to get things in from all over the world in literally 36 hours. Um, amazing. Um, so what right, do you have one right now in particular that you're high on? Hyacinths. I love, I love the fragrance of them. Yellow? Uh, well, they come, they come in a multitude of colors, okay. white, pink, purple, um, and blue. And they, the hyacinth blossom will last maybe two and a half, three weeks, and it's a really soft, sweet fragrance. Um, the bulbs are coming up now, and we use them cut in flower arrangements, but we also have the plants. I have three of the plants at home, and I also have an arrangement of just hyacinths. And the fragrance it fills the house with, like you talk about the death of uh, 
winter, this gives you the breath of spring. <laughs> Just the opposite. That's what we're looking for. Is that yellow bush out there, Hyacinth? That is forsythia. Forsythia. Okay. Now, the forsythia doesn't have a fragrance to it, okay. but it it is a brilliant yellow. Cool. I have a hard time keeping track of all the names because there's a lot of them. There but are. I think that flower names are beautiful. They're beautiful. Uh, I mean, it's, it's no coincidence that I think that um, oftentimes those turn into baby names for kids. Uh, they do. I mean, you see some girls named Iris, uh, uh-huh. you know. Uh, I can't think of some of the other names there, but yes, they, they do transcend. They're beautiful words. And, you know, the other thing about flowers is with, especially in the springtime and you have it, but now the generational seasons that we had when my dad was around are gone because of worldwide shipping where it used to be tulips were only available in the Washington area, maybe 90 days. We can basically get tulips now from early December all the way through probably July. And there's only a few months you're missing. Um, Iris, which used to be strictly a spring flower now, I can get Iris in 10 months out of the year. And it's just because of worldwide shipping. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, that, that's a, that was a game changer, I would, I would, I would assume, you know, I would say. Um, what is the, what's your most, what's the most demand? Is it roses are the most demand, do you say? Well, it, it's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Most men don't know flowers. So they call <laughs> up and they want roses. Yeah. We sell a lot of them. Yeah. Probably about uh, 20,000 stems uh, about every nine days. Holy smokes. And so we move a lot of roses. Not always in rose arrangements. Sometimes in regular arrangements, we just add roses. But we sell a lot of roses. Men love roses because they don't know about don't the know flowers. other flowers. Yeah. So we will try and educate them, yeah. sell them different arrangements yeah. with a multitude of different varieties. Uh-huh. When the women get them, they love them. Uh-huh. And so then we've educated them, and they don't go back to roses as often. Roses okay. have their occasions, whether it's a birthday or anniversary or something special. Sometimes a rose says it best. But... If we have a customer that places six to eight to ten arrangements a year, we now have them with roses just once. I understand. Uh, so it can be like a jumping off point for men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start with rose, but then you kind of open their eyes to like other possibilities. I start, I think I started with the rose. <laughs> I love uh, what about lilies. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that might be a pop, popular flower because they're how fragrant they are. Lilies are really a very popular flower, and while a lot of them used to come out of Holland, now the California Cut Flower Exchange and the West Coast Gardens supply a tremendous amount of lilies. The South American market is heavy, and as I said, with transportation being what it is, um, lilies have become extremely affordable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the few flowers that the prices actually come way down from just 8 to 10 years ago. It's counter like inflation or counter mm-hmm. cost of living adjustment. Um, where do you get most of your? Do you have a, a central place that you get most of your flowers from? Or so a source that's kind of changed over the years. As a lot of things do, and they metamorphosize as time travels. It used to be that you had local wholesalers mm-hmm. who would like spectate farm, like farms. Uh, no, or, uh, no. Uh, actually, a wholesaler in a warehouse, and they would broker flowers in and then let you know what they have and sell mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays it's gotten to the point where 
we can, uh, via electronic communication, your laptop, yeah. I can c- communicate on an auction um, with someone in Holland or an auction in South America, or I can use a broker out of Miami who's bringing things in. So, for example, before I came over here, um, I basically ordered a tremendous amount of flowers for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And everything was done on the computer. I can see the exact grower. I can see the varieties that I'm getting. I can see the exact price I'm getting, what the shipping costs are, the boxing price, and designated delivery day. And because I'm dealing with uh, quality growers who have been vetted over the years, I know what product I'm getting, and it's very easy. I, the local wholesalers do supply some of the overflow, but basically the larger shops now have gone to dealing direct. Interesting. Um, back when your dad started it, mm-hmm. is that when they used to do the wholesale out of a warehouse? Yes, and you back when my dad was in business, if you needed something specific, if yeah. you needed Cymbidium orchids for the weekend, right. if your wholesaler didn't have them, you couldn't get them. And you tried to get standing orders from him, but he may not have had the pull to get that grower to ship it to him. Now, if I need Cymbidium orchids uh, today being Tuesday, if I need them for Thursday morning, I can broker that over my laptop and have them land at Dulles and get shipped to me. That's that's the difference maker of the global connected universe we live mm-hmm. in right now today. You have to be you have to buy tulips and tulip season and so on and so forth. Now you can get it almost any and most flowers almost any time of year. What a lot of people don't realize, United Airlines, everybody's familiar with that, mm-hmm. their number one customer is the flower business. How about that? Their number one customer. We do more freight on United than any other freight or passengers combined. Interesting. And it's a good thing flowers don't weigh that much. Uh, well, they? They, they take up a lot of space. They take up a lot of space. You're right. So you, you do it by container. but the uh, you know Their actual weight is not much, but... And it's not a, you might not be able to fit that many flowers in, in a plane or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I never would have never guessed that. United. Other airlines do the same sort of stuff? Lufthansa flies a lot of flowers for us. Okay. Uh, the American Airlines flights from Miami to Washington and Miami to New York. Yeah. Almost, if it's not your luggage, almost every available bit of space are flowers. Interesting. So you love flowers. It's become quite a passion over the years. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a unique business yes. because you have to look at it from this perspective. Yes, sir. You really establish, in a lot of cases, tremendous relationships with your customers. And why? You have the young man that comes in and gets a corsage. What happens next? He starts dating and romance. He's buying more flowers. Then he gets married. You do a wedding. Then he has kids. You're sending flowers for the kids. Then birthdays, anniversaries for him, for his parents, for relatives. Then maybe business orders. He get You get his business. Then flowers for the home. Then maybe his parents, after reaching a ripe old age and enjoying a wonderful life, you have some funerals for him. And so it becomes a relationship over life. I've got multitude of couples that not only did I do their wedding, but I've done their kids' wedding. And I now have uh, five or six groups where I've done... The original wedding, now I'm doing the grandkids' weddings. And so the relationships that you establish with people over the years are tremendous. Probably uh, 30% of my business I have that sort of relationships with. Now, the other 70% are people from all over the country. That's the way it uh, was with my father. 
Um, and that's, <clears throat> and I love doing business with you myself. You've been a great customer. Thank you for saying it. Um, and it's almost like you're, it is a family, it's a family owned business an operated business. It's all, but also the, the nature of the business tends to go in the direction like you're saying of like your clients can, can be, are, are your friends and, and can't you can become close like family. Then another aspect you have too, we, we have a business of, uh, 10 full-time people, uh, and five part-time people on a regular basis. But when we have holidays, like we had Valentine's day, we actually had 63 people working there. Uh So to pull in that type of workforce, yes, you can advertise a little bit and bring in people in the neighborhood, but we have some people who return holiday after holiday after holiday, and they just love dabbling in the flower business. Yeah. Uh, whether they're retirees or, housewives that want to get out for a little bit or kids working after school. Do you find that there's, there's, uh, is there, there's only one Bethesda florist shop. Do you you have another one? We used to have another one. Uh, and, and I closed it. We had one down in, uh, spring Valley, uh, down near Millie's Uh and years ago. Uh And I realized I didn't need that other shop because you could run back and forth. Um, we could handle all the deliveries out of one, so that's where I stayed with it. Makes sense. Why not? You know, and you you deliver to a wide area. Do, does does the one eight hundred flower or flowers dot com? Does how do you compete against those giants? They will pick up business that you don't go after. So almost one eight hundred flowers um, from you flowers. Who's actually from you flowers is a. Uh, telemarketing florist they're the largest in the country from you flowers is ahead of 1-800 flowers um, and then there's just flowers and flowers.com and some of the others but what these guys are picking up is business that you're not going after they're advertising very heavy on the internet um, lots of times trying to make it look like they're a local florist mm-hmm. so when i say that they're getting business that you're not after if you're applicably advertising appropriately in your market and keeping your customers happy and staying in touch with them, whether it be through constant contact emails or uh, direct marketing calls or mailing select customers, um, attending community events. If you're staying in focus with your group, fine. If you're not, you're going to lose them. And you can't keep every customer every time, all the time. The same thing like you, I'm sure most people have a favorite restaurant, but they don't go there seven nights a week. Right, 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 right. So you just have to keep your share of the business. Um, and how, so I, I think you guys do a great job of that. Um, a lot of people that I talk to are very happy with Bethesda Florist. And um, how would you, how do you go about, you build, how do you go about building it? Um, larger client base. It, 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 it's... Word of mouth is word of mouth is the best marketing. It, word of, no, word of mouth is terrific, mm-hmm. but you have to get the original customer. Mm-hmm. So, lots of times, uh, it's either advertising, mm-hmm. community events, mm-hmm. um, direct mail. It's where you socialize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a member of a local club. Uh, we pick up a lot of business from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, it's ironic. Um, my sister's a member of another club. It solicited a lot of business for That's me great. out there. That's great. Um, it, it, you've lived in the area, and I've lived here for 64 years, mm-hmm. born and raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationships you establish, you pull them in. I'm very fortunate to have had many friends uh, on a national level 
um, advertised for me just by word of mouth. So it, it, it's a spider web effect through different angles, through media, through marketing, through relationships, through word of mouth. Um, and some, some of the simple things like just the Bethesda Flores trucks driving all through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We cover a large area. We go throughout the metro area. Mm-hmm. People see it. Call us. Mm-hmm. People like to see, people like to support um, local businesses. You know, I think I saw that more during the pandemic than I've ever seen it before. It's a beautiful thing. I was very, very fortunate when this first happened. Um, we actually were shut down by Governor Hogan, yeah. and shut down to the effect of uh, when he shut down all the businesses, we got a phone call that we had to close. And I had a lot of big orders the next day. So I told my staff, I guess you can't come in, but I'll come in and make them. I had the drivers come in late in the day. Um, and I answered the phone and told them I, that we, we were, the governor's closed us. Well, the Department of Agriculture actually called us up that afternoon and said, we can open. I said, well, the governor closed us. And that's, you know, he, over, he, out, he outranks you. Yeah, yeah. And they said, no. We will call the governor's office. We will have them contact you. So they called him and emailed him, and the governor had a representative call us. We could open. So we remained open. We were only closed during the pandemic for about two hours. How about that? And what was really amazing, the support we had during the pandemic, I probably had, and I'm not kidding when I say this, over 500 people call up and say, send me an arrangement. I just want to support you during the pandemic. Wow. And it wasn't going to someone else. They just sent it to themselves to enjoy. Now, maybe they were working from home. Maybe they had to stay home. They wanted to cheer themselves up. Right. That speaks. You know, that speaks. uh, It talks about the community that we're involved in. It also speaks about you. You know, if you were, you know, not a nice person or people wouldn't come to you for business. Well, we're we're fortunate in that respect. But I think it tells you a lot about the Washington metropolitan area. Yeah, I I agree. But yeah, I agree. I always view you as a. Like a beacon of, of positivity. Um, well, I right back at you. Thank you for saying it. And maybe you know, like attracts like, or maybe we're kindred spirits in that regard, which I think we are. Yes, uh, almost no. Um, but that's huge, whether you feel it inside or not. You know, the power of a smile and encouragement or interest, and in, uh, with whoever you're working with, maybe under you, even people that are above you, um, goes a long way. The people business all business is basically people business right um and i've always always thought you've done a great i think i walked into your shop one time and you're in the middle of a meeting or something with your staff and you're saying something about positivity or where your smile on your face or you're ending the meeting and i was just like this is awesome well I, a couple of things have really made an impression on me in my life uh my dad really instilled in me uh a phrase used to say all the time, get up and get going. You know, <laughs> hey, if, 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 you, if you had a car accident, you know, so what? Car's wrecked. Get up, get going. You know, if you didn't feel good that day and you had to come to work, who cares? Get up, get going. And that really stuck with me. And then another aspect was I remember being at uh, Walt Disney uh, World as a, or Disneyland out in California as a very young man. Mm-hmm. And uh, went behind one of the doors you weren't supposed to go in and then realized I wasn't supposed to be there. And as I started going out the door, I saw right on the back of the door, which you would open up if you're a Disney employee coming out of one of their tunnels yeah, to yeah. get in the park, and it says, smile, you're on stage. Mm. And, you know, that really hit me with, 
thinking about what are what's someone's impression about you mm-hmm. so you got to be on 24 7 you know there's time to relax and rest when you're at home but whether you're at work or whether you're out in the public you got to shine that's the impression people are going to have of you and i've tried i can't say it's always happened in my life but i've tried never to say a bad word about anybody yeah you know yeah uh, certainly I, I got a lot of things people could pick on or mm-hmm. say they got a problem with but if you try and find the best and see the best in everyone, I think that reflects back on you too. I think 100%. I mean, even if sometimes when people aren't having the best day, they look at other people and might say something mean about the other person to make them feel better a little bit. And to, I think everyone might have a little bit of that urge sometime, but to resist that and just like smile and get up and get going, that sort of thing. Um, it's amazing how <clears throat> I experienced it a little bit at modern day when I was teaching there. What you're teaching inevitably becomes a large part of you. If I teach religion class every morning to my fifth graders, um, I'm going to start living the things that I'm talking about. It's, it'd be very counterintuitive or very dishonest to do counter to that. It'd be, it'd be hard to. You have to make an effort to, to you know, go against that. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is that, that my teaching helped me develop my character mm-hmm. um, and business in the same way. If you're good in business, uh, it helps you be nice to other people because if you're nice and you leave with your heart and you smile and you, you preach good things, um, you inevitably, I mean, the, the people around you will improve, but inevitably you'll turn into a really good human being. Totally agree. You know? I, I got to digress and tell you quick, modern day story as long as you mention it but so i used to share uh oriole tickets with chris abel uh past president of modern day oil tickets baltimore oriole baseball tickets and so yes and so uh cal ripkin had the game that he was going to tie lou Gehrig's streak and we was there with my dad yes and so it was chris abel's turn to have the the tickets so we had two tickets and chris couldn't go so he called me up. He said, look, I'm going to make your day. I'm going to give you these two tickets. Now, this was at 5 o'clock. And the game started at 7.30. He said, but I got to leave right now. I got something that came up. I said, where are you going to leave the tickets? He said, I'm going to tape them to my office door. I said, this is the hottest game that's been played in the Washington area in the last 50 years. You can't tape them to your door. They won't be there when I get there. There was a pause. <laughs> and Chris goes, Tracy, this is modern day. This is my office. No one will touch them. Yeah. And I got down there and the tickets were there and I went to the game. So we were both at that game way back when. Um, that's about that about sums up Chris Abel in my mind. He hired me uh, mm-hmm. right out of college. It's an interesting story. I, uh, I hurt my knee my senior year right after the, my, our first game in, our, in a practice. And I, was, I had to sit out that whole my senior year, but I was able to redshirt. Came back for a fifth year, but leading up to that, my graduation, my original last year, I, what I thought was, uh, I was in serious talks with Modern Day about teaching there, and their their positions and everything looked hopeful. But then the next year happened, and they hired some guys, and it wasn't that hopeful. And I was like, okay. So I spent the summer, um, I don't know, doing whatever, um, messing around, and it came to Labor Day, and I started thinking about, I need to I guess start thinking about, you know, laboring. <laughs> And uh, I saw Chris with my dad at Columbia. He's like, you still looking for to teach? I'm like, uh, yeah, I think so. Anyway, he gave me my 
for his job. Right wow. There, right there over at Columbia in the, in the grill room. Uh, he came in the next day on Tuesday after Labor Day or something like that. And he's like, what do you think? I'm like, this is nice. I, yeah, I remember it. I had a great time here. It's, it's, it's turned me into partially the man I am today, the foundation and everything. He's like, okay, well, what's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm in. I was like, I don't think he gave me like the contract. He's like, think about it overnight with your, your parents, but let us know tomorrow. So I was in there the next day teaching. He's a good man. He still is. I mean, he talk about someone who lives it. You know, he was he lived exactly what modern day was and still is. And uh, it's uh, cool to see. The line I used about Chris Abel, because we had a very good mutual friend, Mike Callahan, no relation to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the line I used about Chris Abel all the time was, he probably has more integrity than any man I've met in my life. That's that sounds about right for Chris, and he's uh, I you know you know you knew my father well, and I have a couple people that I view as like sort of still father here fathers here on earth, and Chris is certainly one of them. Um. Anyway. So, um, ragtop. Tell me, talk to me about the ragtop. Well, you know, the ragtop days started way back when. I don't know if you remember, but your dad and I used to drive the exact <laughs> same car. Uh-huh. And so uh, I never put my license plate on the front of the car because I thought it kind of killed the look. Yeah. And so your dad, I don't know whether it was an accident or he took it off, but he took his off. So your dad used to like throw a jacket down the front seat of the car or whatever so that he could walk by and quickly see if it was his or mine. But uh, 19, <laughs> indicator. in 1964, uh, my dad, our car died. And so I would have been eight years old. And my dad went out to uh, the Ford dealer. He, was, he had a you know, friend there. And so he goes, he looks at the Fords, and he was going to buy this, Bodunkaroo family vehicle mm-hmm. and there was a, a Ford Galaxy 500 convertible hmm. sitting in the showroom and I made up my mind my dad was not going to leave without getting that car <laughs> and so he got that uh, two years later he got a Mustang convertible and so that started my affinity for Mustangs which I'm currently driving Amen. And I've been through a lot of convertibles in my life. Mustang. I had a Jaguar XKR 100. Yeah, that's a, such a cool car. The 100th anniversary edition. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I had another Jaguar, very similar to your dad's convertible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had two Mustangs, uh, two Camaro convertibles. The thing I love about a convertible. Yeah, tell me. You can have the the most difficult, stressful day at work. Good point. You put the top down and and rip home and the air's flying through and you're you have that outdoor feeling and while you're driving and maybe a great song on and it transforms your whole mood mm-hmm. i actually enjoy driving with the top <laughs> down even in traffic <laughs> and sometimes in the winter and i mean winter uh-huh. uh you know we had some days in january where the high was like 25 degrees uh-huh. a little bit of yeah. wind chill so i'll wear a heavy coat and pull over like a ski hat and you put the top down, you drive home, you still get a little bit of that. Yeah, it's chilly, heat's on high, but it's amazing to see the reactions you get. Some people even roll down the window and say, sir, did 
did you know your top is down? <laughs> oh, thank you, man. No, yeah, no, yeah. Wow, I, I thought it was a little chilly did in here. Did you notice that? Yeah. Did you know that you're really observant? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but the my affinity for ragtops is just, it started in 1964 mm-hmm. and it's not died. Yeah, it's, I have a similar story with the uh, Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Um, an 03 Wrangler I got when I was in college. Out of college, driving it, loving it. Summer happened. A good friend of mine, Eric Brancaccio, you might know that name mm-hmm. from, yeah. He had a Wrangler at the time. And we're driving it. It's September. It's beautiful. It's October. It starts getting a little cold. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, I think it was mine. I'll take credit for this one. Uh, I was like, let's make, a, uh, make you a bet. Um, from right now, October 15th, I'll bet you you can't go a calendar year without putting your top up. Oh, on the, wow. On, the, on your Wrangler. And he's like, all right, sit, shake it, you know. Cheers, sealed, you're on. F- October, Halloween, starts getting a little colder. November, starts turning over to Thanksgiving season. I'm wearing a jacket and a, a hat. And, like, my grandfather, my mom's side, had this old bear fur coat. And I was, like, wearing that and everything heading out to modern day. People were giving me the same looks. Like, most people just kind of, like, look at me a little side-eyed, a little <laughs> weird. And be like, this guy needs to go back to the loony bin. But um, Eric folded early December and I kept kept on going through just no. to, just to say I did it you know and still it's funny how people remember about you to this day like an old student of mine would be like dude you still have your Wrangler with your top down it's like that's what they remember oh yeah remember the lacrosse games or the lessons or whatever it's like you're the Wrangler guy right didn't you go one year without a top it's like yeah that was me so I, I, one of my Mustangs, actually, I, I said I had two, I had three, but one of my Mustangs, I uh, was getting ready to trade it. And I had a friend give me a similar bet, and, and it was the only car I had. It was in the beginning of uh, June. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll bet you X number of dollars you can't keep that top down every day between now and Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Now, I learned these things. Uh, if it's raining and you're going 35 miles an hour, the way. rain does not come in. But you might have to stop at a traffic light. Yeah. So what I did is I altered the way to work. So instead of seven traffic lights, I now only had two. And I would be going down some roads that maybe you weren't supposed to be going 35, but if it's pouring, if you're going 50, it won't come in the car. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, but I, I kept it down and, and the, the bet was nominal. I forget it was yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. $300, but it was about winning the bet. That's the story. Yeah. yeah. And so I did. I kept it Experience. down. There were there were two days I actually got drenched in the car. Yeah. But the rest, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Especially, same thing. You get to a traffic light. It's raining. People say, sir, sir, your top is down. Oh, thank you, ma'am. I, I, I forgot. Yeah, no, it'd be better if it's like, hey, you got to num- throw me an umbrella. Yeah. Instead of like yeah. mastering the obvious. Oh. <laughs> well, that's so true. Like, you just got to, if you drive, if you drive, if you're moving, you could be okay. So when you're stopped is the problem. Correct. It's, it's, see, I told you we're kindred. No experience. question. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, uh, it's such a, uh, uh, so true about, you know what I was just thinking when you were telling the story about no matter what your day is, put the top down and it, just, it gets better. Um, it kind of goes with, the, the the flower business it's like you bring that you said it earlier you bring the outside in you like nature um and being around it and smelling it and being in it and that's what a convertible can do for you unfortunately in our world we do have some people that maybe are terminally ill mm-hmm. or it, they're not going to be around long mm-hmm. the flowers it's amazing 
the lift they give them when they get flowers like that. My dad died of terminal cancer, mm. and it was I used to bring him flowers uh, once a week. He didn't want them anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I would bring a different arrangement, different varieties, and just to see the joy he had. Here's a man who had worked in the flower business for over 45 years, yeah. and yet every day that he got flowers, he loved it. And to see that, see the impact it brought to him. It's something that you don't get sick of. Um, what do you think it is about it? Like, Well, there's many things. First of all, people appreciate it because there is a, 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 a shortness to the flowers. So oh, yeah. flowers last about a week, yeah. but, but they're great. It's like if you have an ice cream cone, mm-hmm. you're not the next day, oh, that ice cream cone didn't last. No, I had a great ice cream. It was super. Mm-hmm. So it's the specialness of the flowers. It's the beauty. It's the fragrance. It's the variety. And it lifts their spirits. And it's the fact that when you receive them, they know I'm going to get a week or 10 days out of it. And this is the enjoyment I have now. I mean, there shouldn't be said for the phrase, stop and smell the roses, stop and smell the flowers, you know? Well, stop and smell the roses is a great phrase because it kind of means take a second, enjoy the moment. Yeah, Yeah. It's here in front of you. Yeah. It makes you dwell in the present. Correct. Like when I, I, I like to keep flowers in the room right adjacent. And I'm aware of like the seven, 10 day like life of those things. And when I walk through, I kind of like walk closer to the table so I can smell them, you know? And, uh, and just for, just for a moment, it just like allows you to be present, which is a great life lesson. What it does to lift someone's spirit is unbelievable. And our drivers who work for us say probably the most rewarding part of their job. I actually have a lot of policemen that work for us over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons they love that, they're not in their police uniform. Yeah. And so they walk up to the door and say, oh, flowers. That's wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And they say just to see that inner reaction with somebody, they don't get it in their job. Yeah, it's very different than they need that. Almost yeah, they like do. Th- as therapy or something. They're yeah. happy to. Yeah, yeah tough profession <clears throat> um yeah the, the 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 brevity of them or not the brevity the uh not the brevity the uh finality i should say it's like they're not gonna last forever you know and uh that's a cool that's a cool cool thing um you know you remember a lot of moments in your life that were really special yes uh maybe the birth of a child uh maybe the funeral of a loved one um maybe someone got an award maybe a special birthday, mm-hmm. maybe just a friend you haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And many, many times those meetings or moments or special events are enhanced with flowers. Mm-hmm. And the flowers tie into that overall feeling mm-hmm. and give you almost a very similar effect to how certain songs remind you of a certain time in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's 100% correct. Um I was at, so my fiance, Debbie, um, her sister got married in August at Columbia. And their flower arrangement, uh, unfortunately, I don't think it was you guys, but <laughs> next time. Um, for my wedding. How about that? No, How but, about that? <laughs> no but, but, but it, that's okay because, you know, the, the good part about that, not to interrupt your story for a minute, but mm-hmm. the proliferation of flowers is the main event. What do you mean? So as long as they use the florist, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be mine. Mm-hmm. It, it, as long as the flowers are constantly growing in market share, mm-hmm. it's great for our business. But in addition to that, the more people are around flowers, the more they'll want them. Mm-hmm. Rising tide lifts all boats mm-hmm. idea. But we, 
where I, I, it's it's a it's a great sort of addiction. Now, it's too strong a word, but it's uh, it's a good thing to uh, to be hooked on. Mm-hmm. You know, flower. very much so. I always think on a, a little tangent before I finish this Columbia story, but when I'm checking out of Costco. Like I said, the grocery store, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I guarantee those grocery people, you know, realize they're going to put the flowers kind of as you're going toward the checkout because it's like, you don't go to the grocery store just for flowers. You don't go to Costco just for flowers, you know, but on the way out, you're like, this is, it's not a waste of money. You know, it's money well spent. That'll be in your house. If you have kids, if you have your loved ones and everything, and they'll pass it and they, it, it, it puts a smile on the face and it's like, that's priceless. You know, so um, anyway, now I forgot. Oh, yeah. So this wedding at Columbia, right? Right. Uh, Debbie's younger sister, Maggie, got married in August. The flower arrangements were out of this world, beautiful. And that night when it concluded, the arrangements were, you could like kind of like separate them, the little like bouquets. So we took a bouquet home here. And for the next week, you walk by and you smell it and you're thinking, like you talked about earlier, of the event. It kind of it, it, the event lives longer than its actual, you know, thing, which is awesome. So speaking of weddings at Columbia, yes. When my dad, uh, who had been in the flower business since 1959, mm-hmm. uh, was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 1990, and subsequently died uh, about a year and a half later. But my sister was getting married in nine, early '92, and. So my dad said, son, this will be the best wedding that we've ever done. I said, oh, of course. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. You're going to do it. It's going to be the best we've ever done. I doesn't matter what it costs or what we're going to do. I want it, but it's got to be unique and special. So uh, I called the White House, and when Trisha Nixon Cox got married, they had these special candelabra that were a gift and they were in the White House archives, which I was surprised to find is up in Pennsylvania um, in, a, in a special warehouse or whatever. And I talked to my friend uh, who I knew there, and I said, can we use those? He said, absolutely not. <laughs> and so we had a little back and forth. So finally, um, there was sort of a back door to get them, and uh, we had to insure them. They, they were valued to be these candelabra over a thousand dollars a piece yeah. uh but the intrinsic value of the fact that they were at the trisha nixon cox wedding mm-hmm. that they were you know worth tens of thousands and obviously and you couldn't use them they were to be archived forever for yeah. whatever reason i don't have any idea yeah but so we got them and we had to get them specially insured we had to have them insured to bring them down we went and picked them up did everything well you talk about taking the flowers home from a wedding I had to hire someone just to keep them there at the club. Huh. Uh, and sure enough, they were heavy. They yeah. were maybe, the candelabra, maybe 160 pounds. Then yeah. you put the arrangement on it. Someone was going out the front door with oh, one at the awesome. at Columbia. And this gentleman kind of stopped them. He said, you know, uh, I don't, you know where these are from? He said, guys, yeah, boy, it's going to be great. He, <laughs> said, he said, no, I, I don't think we'll be leaving with this. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, these aren't party favors. No. So we we got them we got them returned. We almost lost one. Yeah, you got them returned. <laughs> That'd be an interesting conversation. <coughs> um, I just want to thank you for coming out and being on the podcast. And anything else you want to chit chat about? Or 
Well, I think one of the things that's always impressed me about you, when you talked about you thought I had a positive attitude, you always do. Thank you. And I was honored to be asked to be on a podcast with you. Uh, You're quite an inspiration because I think five minutes with Bill Garish is making everything cheery. Oh, groovy. So to spend this much time with you, you know, you're the best. I learned from some people, you know, I learned from my father, I learned from people like you and people you surround yourself with. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, you're very welcome and we got Easter coming up on down the pike we got Passover coming down the pike right Passover Easter Secretary's Day Mother's Day a lot of bang 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 flower events yeah so you better and it. and you know I'm glad to see we've got a lot of parties coming back now yeah. I mean yeah. uh, we we just did a, a couple of big parties you know that we had done in the past for people year after year and while the the one lady said you know we usually have about 200 people uh, at this event, she said we've scaled it down with the pandemic to 80, but we've got 80 people coming. Yeah. We need flowers for those 80 people. Yeah. So, g- 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 great job of getting through the pandemic. And uh, here, cheers to a uh, fruitful and flowery uh, spring and summer. And, and, you know, if you need want any flowers, go to Bethesda Florist and talk to Tracy. He will uh, take, he'll do more than, more than take care of you. So. Thank you. All right, sir. Um, I'll see you soon. Tracy Callahan, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Mm